You are listening to 4 Raw from 4 Fields of Anfield Road, the world's international LFC podcast. Just finally, before the game, you, you called this the people's game. Uh, fantastic to see you and, and the squad interacting with the, the supporters tonight. Oh, it's nice, to be honest. It's nice. And the boys, I, I love how the boys take it. And so they are young and it's not easy to understand to be famous if you want to, because we are immediately famous. We have one time, one day in the television, it's like, wow, that's him. But completely normal people, obviously. And the younger you are, the more difficult it is to understand. I like how the boys really enjoyed it to do it. And um, I heard tonight at least 60, 70 times. It was his first time at Enfield, <laughs> so for all the kids, it's great. It's exactly what I want. So we, we, we start and make sure that the next generation will come as well. So it was a good thing. The whole game was was nice, and the whole atmosphere was cool. And um, yeah, we will hopefully we can do it next year again. Call it magic. Call it truth. Call it magic. I'm with you And I just got broken Broken into tears Still I call it magic When I'm next to you And now to open his Liverpool account And maybe he tried to be too precise Support here and Firmino with a little cutback and shot. Scoring in Anfield again, just like he was last year and the year before. Roberto Firmino is off the mark. And here's Firmino, that's a lovely ball. And Liverpool are in again. And Liverpool score again for Ginny White And that's the old Liverpool. That is a classy goal. A lot to do here though. My shirts weren't too quick in arriving. That's towards Di Silvestri. It's not the worst first touch in the world from there. That's towards Bellotti. Well, he is capable of scoring all types of goals, and there's a thumping header. No way through for Di Silvestri, who says that that's it for him. He's done 86 minutes. And that's for Shakiri. He's got a lot to do on his own here. Support arriving in the shape of Jones. And Klein and Shakiri, and that's towards Sturridge. It's a glorious ball, and Daniel Sturridge just glances the ball beyond Sirigu. This is Four Raw. Four Raw is an official podcast of Four Fields of Anfield Road. We are at www.foresite. That's F-O-A-R-S-I-T-E dot com. A great international community of Reds. Welcome to the show. My name is Joe. I'm your host. But once again, I am not alone. I am with my fellow European uh, guest, friend, freaking collaborator. Say hi, Kriti. Yeah, the thing I like about Jürgen Klopp's the most is that he's just such a likable guy and you want him to, to, to succeed. And he, he makes you really want to root for him and the whole team as a, as, as a squad. So I will say hello at this point and I, I wish uh, that they have so much success on Sunday as they did against Napoli. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to the show, 
And thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, we are fast counting down to the uh, start of the 2018-2019 season. Um, and a lot of uh, great expectations, a lot of things expected for um, uh, Liverpool. Um, so, uh, shall we get things uh, cracking then? Okay, now, let me just try and uh, pause this music a little bit. I'm not sure what happened there. But, uh, ah, okay, there you go. Sorted it out. Alright, okay, we had our final preseason game uh, against uh, Torino. I think it's the first time we've ever played uh, Torino. I think they're a tricky uh, bunch. You have to watch out for them. <laughs> yeah, uh, at Anfield, um, uh, no less um, interesting game uh, it was, and yet another victory uh, for the Reds. Um, we beat uh, Torino three-one um, uh, with uh, Robert Ophin, uh, well, uh, Firmino, uh, Wijnaldum, and Sturridge uh, on on the on the score line. Uh, on the scores, uh, and then uh, conceding one. So that's the Allison's. Was it Allison that conceded that goal? So uh, no, no clean sheet for us anyway, uh, for this game. Um, it's an, been an interesting um, preseason for Liverpool, hasn't it? We've actually, we've actually done very well. We've only lost the one game. Well, and, and Klopp, you know, has a place in his heart for Borussia Dortmund. So I mean, it's obvious that so he probably threw that game because. He wanted Dortmund to feel good about themselves. So, um, yeah, but it's, I, it's, 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 it's funny that that's the game that they lost. Uh, very first game on the U.S. tour, they lost in Charlotte 3-1. to Christian Pulisic, a Liverpool target, uh, ends up deciding the game by himself, essentially. But Daniel Sturridge has scored in almost every preseason game. He looks yeah. fucking amazing. Damn. He, he's, he's on fire. He's on fire. Um you know trying to prove something trying to show that he is ready he's 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 willing to to roll um with the rest of the team um i was just looking at okay we're going to talk about this game in a, in a minute it just occurred to me that among the top six we have played the most number of friendlies um since that champions league loss against real madrid Okay, mm -hmm. we've played nine friendlies. My God, nine friendlies. We started. We started um, this uh, preseason against Chester way back um, on the seventh of July, early July, first week of July. We beat Chester, if you remember, seven nil, um, and then that followed up with uh, Tranmere Rovers, uh, three two victory there, and then followed up with a, a, a nil nil draw against uh, Bury. And then again, a two-nil two victory over uh, Blackburn Rovers. And then we started the U.S. Uh, trip, right? So that, then the first game uh, in the USA Tour against Dortmund, that's the one that we lost 3-1. Um, uh, uh, and then there was the Manchester City game, which we won 2-1. Uh, then the Manchester United game, which we won 4-1. Um, and then uh, we played this game against... Well, we the guys, Napoli. yeah, we went to Evian. We went to France. The team went to France for to continue their training, uh, and then we played Napoli, where we beat them five nil, and then we beat Torino yesterday. Or uh, today uh, depends on where you are in the world. Three one. So that's one, two, oh, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's nine friendly games. Now, in comparison, let me look at let, let's look at City. Okay, City. 
city have played only one, two, three, three games in the ICC plus the Community Shield. So that's four. That's amazing. Okay, then let's look at let's look at Arsenal. Okay, Arsenal have played only four games in preseason, and three of them were in the ICC. <laughs> uh, do you see do you see a pattern developing here? <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Let, let me round that off. Let me round that off. Chelsea, Chelsea. Okay, Chelsea have played a little bit more. Um, they've played one, two, three, four, five, five Chelsea games. In fact, the one that's played actually the the closest number of uh, preseason friendlies um, is actually, believe it or not, uh, Manchester United. Manchester United have played um, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six friendly games. In in those friendly games, okay. They drew against some dodgy South American team. Again, they drew again uh, against some dodgy uh, MSL uh, MLS team, um, and then they they lost against us. They lost against Bayern Munich. So um, we we have wow, <laughs> we have had one hell of a preseason, and we've played nine games and lost one. Okay, what is the trend that you're talking about? So the trend, if if you're serious about winning silverware, if you're serious about ending a 28 year English Football League title-winning drought. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't even call it Premier League because Liverpool's never won a Premier League. So there is, there is, there is, there is a drought there. It's, it's, it's never been done. So that still has to yet be accomplished. But mm-hmm. going back to 1990, you get the chemistry right. You see the things on the pitch that you have to identify early. You eliminate the things that are hurting your squad. You enhance the things that are helping it. You see where players need minutes and where other players don't. You see who needs to be sold, who needs to be on the bench, and who needs to be in the starting 11 mm-hmm. as many times as possible. You see who your substitutes, your three substitutes per match, are usually going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something Jurgen Klopp is serious about this year. Uh, whether he admits it or not, the pressure of winning the Premier League will continue to grow because he's – He's gotten to two European to two European Cup finals now with Liverpool in a span of less than three years. Mm-hmm. He's been to U- Europa League final. He's been to a Champions League final. Coincidentally, he lost both of those by the same score, mm-hmm. two Spanish sides nonetheless. And there's only you know getting to those finals is is, is a huge accomplishment. And I think that that's that's almost as good as winning the trophy itself. It's not the same thing, but. <laughs> People still talk about it. People are still talking about the fact that he he took basically a Brendan Rodgers unit, which is which was decimated, and took them to a Europa League final, and then took an injury riddled Liverpool squad last season, and had to had to play most of the game without his best player against Real Madrid to to a, to a Champions League final, and 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 performed admirably in that Champions League final. The score doesn't necessarily reflect all of Liverpool's efforts over mm-hmm. the ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. So. There's only one thing left to do, and that is that is to not only compete because Brendan Rodgers competed. He competed. He almost won, mm-hmm. but it's to win. Finally, after almost three decades, to win the English title, the English football champions mm-hmm. at the highest level of English football. So, you're serious about this? Mm-hmm. Nine preseason games. He is figuring things out early. We do not and cannot afford. To have a three-three against Watford on the very first match day again, mm-hmm. we dropped points to City last year on the first match day. 
Mm-hmm. That no, we know yeah. what they're capable of. A hundred points. So Jurgen Klopp is basically getting all of the stuff that can hinder you from a, from a title. There's a possible twelve out of twelve points right out the gate. Mm-hmm. He can he can win the first four matches. If he does that, this time Liverpool sets the pace for the Premier League season, and and that's what he's doing. There's a trend, and the trend is that he is starting to 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 figure out his squad for 38 match days and get it right from the very onset. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit about this game then. Uh, let's start right from the back. Um, okay, let's talk, talk. Let's talk about goalkeepers. Uh, let's talk about Allison. Obviously, it's um, Allison's um, debut um, here at Anfield, uh, and the crowd were just, you know, uh, basically um, were willing him to do well. I mean, um, there's probably never been a, a moment. Uh, uh, greater uh, than this where the crowd actually wills um, a player to do um, uh, you know uh, uh, so well because there's so much desperation and so much expectation with regards to Ellison and you know all with our, our, all our travails regarding um, uh, a goalkeeper um, didn't really do a lot of things in this game um, but I think it's for a lot of the players, you know, first time trying to play in a in a in a in a in an iconic stadium like Anfield, um, it, it's it's going to be a great experience. Um, and now on the con- on the flip side, uh, Karius was also introduced in this game, and he got a rousing uh, reception uh, from the cop. In fact, actually, um, uh, Klopp uh, made a comment uh, about this, and he said he was quite happy to see that you know um, he was welcomed back uh, to to the fold. Um, so that that's that's a nice thing to see, right? I mean, despite all the the the, the fume that has been directed towards Karius on social media, it is absolutely. I mean, he's he's tried to maintain a positive attitude and keep his chin up, and that's what any professional athlete has to do, regardless of what sport you play. He's had a positive mindset throughout this entire thing, and you know, it, it, it unfortunately the. The wounds of Kiev only were reopened again at Tranmere. So that's something, because it's a preseason game, I don't think that people should necessarily overreact, but Mm -hmm. they did because of of, of what it was coming off of the heels of. It was coming off of the heels of a a Champions League Mm -hmm. final defeat where he was arguably, the if not the main reason, one of the main reasons why Liverpool conceded uh, defeat to Real Madrid. So, right, right. Um, But yeah, it was very nice to see to see Karius get uh, a warm welcome. And uh, I, I think it's much deserved, uh, you know, for, for a player that's endured a lot. Yeah, he has. Um, it's an interesting situation there then um, with the goalkeepers because, um, you know, in case everyone's... Um, you know, not forgotten or forgotten. Um, the transfer window closes on the 9th of August. Um, as you know, previously the deadline was August the 31st, but the clubs voted to bring the deadline forward so that players could not be brought into the sides of the Premier League gets under, underway. So, um, but this of course only pertains to clubs coming in, uh, players coming in to the Premier League. It uh, does not pertain to cl- uh, uh, players going out. So uh, the rest of Europe's, uh, most of Europe's uh, uh, deadline closes is on the 31st of August. Um, but so, okay, we've got Alisson and then we've got uh, Mignolet who just came back from, from his uh, holiday and after the World Cup. Um, and then you've got uh, Karius. So we've got these three guys. Of course, uh, Ward is, is, is already gone. Um, so what do you think is going to happen with between Karius, Mignolet? What was going to happen, do you think? 
Well, you know, there's a danger right now of none of the players that we talked about. You know, Ings is obviously he's been rumored to go to Crystal Palace. He's also been rumored to go to Newcastle, but Crystal Palace seems to be the favorites. But like you said, uh, you, you know, there's a possibility that none of these players get sold. It, 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 there has to be supply and demand. And, you know, I, I, I saw just before we started talking, so about two hours ago, I saw a rumor about Simon Mignolet, and I, I forget which club it was. I, I swear it might have been actually uh, Napoli. I, 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 I want to say that it was uh... them that I actually read that they may have a panic buy for Simon Mignolet, which in that case, that's another three weeks that the Serie A has to acquire players. So there would be the tra- the deadline day in England has nothing to do with that as long as you said like outgoing players. I cannot see three keepers no, with no, the no. names Carius, Mignolet, and Allison. Those are three still big names. Uh, yeah. You know, they've all... Every one of them have featured deep in the European tournaments. Mm-hmm. They can certainly be beneficial to someone... All three of them are not going to play this season for Liverpool mm-hmm. under any circumstance, barring injury. One of them has to go. Yep. It's not going to be Allison, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be Carius or Mignolet. And I think that Liverpool, excuse me, I think Klopp has a soft spot for Carius. I think he wants to see him, the young man succeed. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he's moving at this point. Mignolet has another three weeks to move. And that's the guy, I guess, I would tell you is, I think, almost certain to be on his way out. Anfield. Yeah, very unusual. Um, I think it was Besiktas of Fenerbahce, one of these two. I think Besiktas yeah, was the Besiktas one that was the, interesting yeah, him, for yeah. the Mignolet, yeah. Um, and now I guess Napoli apparently does too. All right, okay. Yeah, but that's really very, very unusual situation. I don't, it's it's not, it's not a very nice and not a very good situation actually because, you know, we can only keep uh, one, or the, one or the other. Uh, of course, for me, for me, uh, I think we should let Mignolet go. Of course, for me. What's uh, the issue with, say, Carius playing in the cups, like in the Carabao Cup? And I mean, I don't see. Well, that's a great way to build his confidence. No, no, no yeah, yeah. Know. So I think that that's probably going to be the deal, right? Right. It has to be. I, yeah, know, yeah. I of course. Think of course. Yeah. That, yeah. So, so that makes Mignolet disposable. And last week on the show, you brought up the fact that we have two young keepers that are quite capable of being the number three. So. Yeah, and but their wages are much lower than Mignolet's, yeah. so it only makes sense that Mignolet would be on his way out. Yeah, but let's be honest here. I mean, of course, we are talking about in terms of contingency, right? I mean, we don't really want to be talking about in terms of Grabara or Gallagher, you know, being that number two. <laughs> Come on. I mean, no, we're, no, no, we're the, no, one of the top six clubs, right? Number three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're a top six club. Not. We're not a middle, middle, middle tier club. We're not a... a, no. a <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we don't want to be, we don't want to be talking in these terms, um, uh, having... The, the the guys in the under twenty threes, you know, stepping up to be the number two. No disrespect to 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 both these keepers, because as you know, as I said on the on the show before, I I have utmost respect for these two boys, and I think they did really really well in preseason as well. Uh, and I think they've they, they've got um, a, a great future um, in front of them, whether at Liverpool or, or elsewhere. Okay, but probably at Crystal Palace. Yeah. <laughs> they'll buy any player from <laughs> us, I guess. Um, but you know, we want to be in a, a situation where we're going to talk about okay, first choice is. Yes, rec- recognize world name, and then second choice, yeah, not not too bad as well. So that's that's where we want to be. Um, but that that's where we are with the goalkeepers. Now, last week we talked about. Okay, we t- I think we ended uh, or somewhere in the show towards the end. We talked about where else we could strengthen, um, and we talked about centre back. Yes, and we have a real problem there now because in this game, 
Um, Virgil van Dijk was the only senior centre-back that he, he, he fielded because playing next to him was Phillips. Now, Clavin is out. Uh, Matip is out. And I think uh, Klopp has confirmed that both these players won't make it back for West Ham. Okay. Gomez is uh, close. Not sure what's happening there. I think most likely he will be the one um, he will make it back. In fact, actually, after this Torino game, uh, Klopp was asked if uh, Gomez will be fit for the weekend. He said yes. Uh, it was nothing serious, but for tonight, it was not possible. And he played on Saturday and now it's Tuesday, but he should be fine. So it's very much looking like a VVD-Gomez uh, partnership in central defence. Lovren, of course, just came back, so it's too early for too early for him. Is it Lovren that we got back or Skirtle? I don't know. I, I can't seem to recognise him. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dehan De- Lovren is uh, the, one of the world's greatest <laughs> defenders, as he self-proclaimed, is, is, is back in the the fold at, at Liverpool. So no, he just, he just came back and obviously well-deserved uh, vacation after uh, the world cup final with Croatia. Yep. Uh, and you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an issue. You're right, Joe. I mean, no, you um, see, now you see what I'm saying, right now you see, now you see, of course it's okay. You know, sometimes um, it's a chicken and egg thing. You can't really plan for something like this because now we can say, okay, when it, you know, you say that when it rains, it pours, right? So, okay. You yeah. got my tip out, you've got, You've got Clavin out. You've got uh, Gomez, who's struggling with something, but okay, not so far away. And then you've got, in this instance, because of preseason, okay, Lovren, because obviously it will be VVD Lovren, right? But now, you've, if you extrapolate this in the context of a long season, somewhere in the middle, somewhere towards the end, that's a this is a problem. So, but do you think it's a problem deep enough to be addressed? Because Klopp doesn't think so. Because Klopp says that, um, you know, he doesn't say that, think that, you know, they need another centre-back. That's what he says. Well, the, some, of the, so, some of the guys that would, I, I would consider being in that position as a solid number three got bought up pretty early in the transfer window, which is like Socrates from Dortmund that was basically purchased by Arsenal for, I think, 16 million quid. And then you have uh, Yannick Vestergaard, who's another guy. He was playing at Borussia Mönchengladbach. He's a Bundesliga guy. Center backs in the Bundesliga, really good, uh, very good number ones for their teams. Socrates was at one time. He started to fade in the last year or two, but a very solid backup. A very, uh, this is exactly the situation where he could come in and contribute because you're waiting on Lovren to come in. You know Lovren's going to be the starter when he's ready and he's fully trained and fully fit after the World Cup break that he got. But you need a guy who can step in, and it's crucial that Liverpool win these first four games. They absolutely have a chance to take 12 out of 12 points mm-hmm. without any doubt whatsoever. But you can't have any slip-ups. You can't have another 3-3 opening match day mm-hmm. draw like it was the situation against Watford last season. West Ham has to be a win. And yeah. then Crystal Palace after that has to be a win. So poor centre-back play is exactly the, kind of, the type of thing that you know, these, these teams are going to sit back deep, they're probably going to counterattack us, and just on that particular notion, you only need one or two of those to be successful per match, and you have a goal or two in the back of the net. Now, one thing I will say that is in our advantage this year, supposedly, Allison is much better and much more stable in front of goal than Mignolet or Carius were only a season ago, but I just still don't want to take the chance. So you have to find someone like a Socrates that's upwards of you know late 20s, early 30s, has maybe lost a step, 
but can still contribute, can still give you you know, 25, 30 good minutes as a substitute or fill in for the occasional match should something like Lovren falling out due to, uh, you know, having a, a prolonged vacation due to the World Cup mm-hmm. or you have a bunch of injuries in front of him with Matip and, and um, Klavan. The same thing with Vestergaard, someone like that. I mentioned, I'm sure Chelsea fans are killing me because I said Andres Christensen last week and that's one of their their, their featured center backs. And I'm sorry, I've just never, that's my personal opinion about him. I've never been impressed by him, but whatever uh someone like that would have been another good option in in that mold as i said i think i even brought it last like uh who did i say um phil jones uh, mm-hmm. older guy manchester united uh you know center back he's, he's not he's not he's he's not a, he's not an international player he's not going to give you you know 38 match days of, of fantastic play he's a guy though that can come in on the occasion grind it out give you what you need and then go back on the bench and do his job so, you know, it, it, if, if Klopp's that confident, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to second guess him, but um, I'd be a little, I'd be a little nervous with 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 a Gomez uh, VVD partnership because that's not the ideal lineup you want going into the first match day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I, I don't know. Um, it depends on where you fall in terms of um, what do you foresee happening before the the close of the transfer window which is only a day left um Klopp said after this game on the possibility of ins and outs before Thursday's uh, transfer deadline he says we will see we will see what happens I don't know um he says he has no idea um what will happen in the next two days so he's played it's put his cards close to his chest so as Liverpool has well he, he does he does know he, he, he knows if he's got yeah of course of course and, he knows and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he knows. Um, do you think that? Oh, okay, never mind. Let, let's come back to this again. Let's continue with this discussion, right? Okay, fullbacks. I think we're pretty much okay. Um, Alex uh, Trent had a good game, continuing yeah. on this rich vein of form um, that he's shown uh, since uh, last season and in uh, uh, taken to the World Cup as well. So he's got a sky high confidence <laughs> as well. Um, he's come. He's come back um, uh, to to the team, to to playing football after this long break uh, after the England's World Cup's exploits, and you know he's he's had he's a great talent. You know, it's always nice to see him on the pitch. You know, but I've smile on my face. Okay, so that's that's mm-hmm. always good. Because Moreno on the other side, who's yeah, interesting, huh? This Moreno, um, he scored a great goal that last scored game. a goal against Napoli. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then in this game, it, it was a typical outing, you know, bombed forward at every opportunity, very dangerous in a, a, attack. Um, but defensively, again, suspic- suspect maybe, you can say, maybe he could close down the Silvestri for the cross for Torino's uh, goal uh, uh, by Balotti. So it's, it's one of those things, you know, defensively, big question mark. Offensively, hey, no problem. So question is... To be fair, though, to be fair, though, Balotti was one of the best scoring uh, players in the Serie A last season. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's no, he's no uh, yeah, how he's should no I stuff, say, yeah. he's not, he's not, he, he, he's, he's no average, yeah, average yeah, player yeah. Uh, when it comes to, to, to goal, goal scoring. I mean, he's, he's a guy yeah. that scored against big clubs last season in Serie A. He scored some goals against Inter. Uh, that's a Champions League side. Uh, the, I, I'm not going to fault him. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's like a world-class player, but I'm not going to fault Mourinho for, you know, a mistake against what is arguably a, uh, I would say, upper-tier uh, Serie A striker. So, I mean, that's, that's it's, 
that can that can happen. You know, it can, yeah. it can happen. But you know, it, it it's just um, maybe uh, so called uh, confirming or um, you know. People say that okay, Al Moreno should actually not be a defensive player. He should be, he should more be like a left winger, you know, uh, because defensively he's he's crap, but offensively yeah. he's, he's he's good. So maybe he is he's the guy that we should be looking as a as a Mane or kind of um, um, alt uh, in a way. But even if he does play at fullback, you know, you got to make sure that whoever's on his side is really got to protect that side. Um, you know, give him that 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 added uh, safety. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's a little bit of a liability in defense. Uh, he's, he's pretty darn good in attack. It makes me think he would be a really good fit for like a 3-5-2 as, as like a, yeah, yeah, a left yeah, wing yeah, back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. But Klopp is not going to play that. No. So, you know, like you said, it's 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 kind of but, – but he's a guy, like I said, contract ex, is expiring soon. You let him play his timeout. He's not going anywhere. He is – going to fulfill his obligations to Liverpool and he in, in all when, when it's all said and done he's a he's a capable backup to Robbo so I mean that's good, good player for cups for the Carabao Cup and mm. you know possibly the FA Cup appearance here or there and you know if you're if you're playing Brighton or Huddersfield that would be a guy that you if you want to rest Robbo before a Champions League outing then you can put uh, Mourinho in there with and, and do so against against the lower tier sides you can do that with some with some confidence yeah yeah, thank God for Robo, by the way. So that's yeah, absolutely. Uh, eight, eight million pounds, by the way. <clears throat> yeah, we can breathe easy there. Okay, we've got a midfield of Keita, Fabinho, and Wijnaldum. Uh, for some people, it seems to be the perfect midfield trio. Um, any any combo that does not involve Jordan Henderson is obviously a, a good trio. Actually, good I was going to say the okay. Jordan Henderson's the things that is what makes it perfect. Okay, wait, yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna get to that in a moment. Okay. Yeah. Um, Fabinho, Fabinho has not been having the best of pre-seasons maybe you could nope. say um you know typically he's you know still you, doesn't have a squad number does not have a squad, squad shirt number. number um seems to be struggling with liverpool's type of play and in this game um he, he missed the, the the penalty of course anyone can miss a penalty you know we don't make a big deal about this but he's i don't know whether he's is he trying to impress too much trying too hard maybe uh struggling with with how liverpool play uh combination of these things um, Look, it could be. It could be. Uh, he was an everyday player, uh, so every match day starter at Monaco. He is. He's going. He basically competing for a spot with Liverpool's captain. So the, the guy who wears the armband, the guy that's been there for many a year now. Uh, you know, number fourteen, Jordan Henderson. This is a, a, a spot that's highly coveted, mm-hmm. and it's, it's that number six spot. So. You know, Henderson obviously has tenure. He has the armband. He is in Klopp's good graces and has been for a while now. That Fabinho could be trying to impress because he has, in order to usurp Jordan Henderson, he's got a long road ahead of him. And that's who, really honestly, he's competing for playing time with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I see I see the point there. That you make, a, you make a valid one by saying, is he trying to over-impress? I mean, if you're out there and you're trying to... to, to outshine the captain of the squad a squad that made the champions league final last season mm-hmm. uh yeah you, you have to do some some pretty cool things with your skateboard in order to get noticed yeah <laughs> yeah um he, yeah he doesn't seem to be clicking one of them at this point of course you cannot judge him uh, we're not doing that um but you see again i'm gonna bring this point up 
in in repudiation and maybe slight rebuke maybe to everyone who says that Fabinho is an automatic starter over Jordan Henderson. Mm-hmm. All right. Now let me just remind you that Jordan Henderson came in uh, as a substitute in this game. He okay um, in the, in the seventieth minute. This is the same Jordan Henderson who just basically just returned to the squad. Klopp said he felt that in the three weeks that Hendo was away, it seemed as if he was training every day because he was so fit when he came back that when he came into the first training session, they thought, wow, you know what? He could actually be ready to play. This is Jordan Henderson. So you have fans who say, yeah, wow, we've signed Fabinho. That's it. Jordan Henderson is a bencher. You know, clearly... You guys don't know football. The guys who say this, they don't know anything about captain. They don't, they don't know. know anything about they Jordan. Don't they don't know anything about how what Klopp feels about Jordan. They don't know anything about what Jordan's role is, a contribution to the team. They don't know anything. Okay, they they're basically playing FIFA too much. Okay, they don't really watch this game. Okay, uh, with their eyes and and think with their brains. Okay, because this is why we need him. You know, when, when Fabinho, for example, he's struggling, we, you know, yeah, it, it, it may take time. Not everyone settles in as quickly as, say, for example, Kaita, for example, uh, you know, or Shakiri. Of course, Shakiri has been in, in, in the Premier League for a while, but he's taken the fish to water in, in, in Liverpool. So Fabinho just needs a little bit of time, and obviously he's going to deliver at some point. But, you know, we're going to need somebody like quality of Jordan Henderson, who had a spectacular World Cup as well, to come yeah. back in. So there you go. That's my repudiation. Yeah, and it's 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 good that you said that because there we we touched on this last week as well, and we talked about all the you know kind of seems like fifty fifty split on social media outlets such as Twitter or, or what have you, Facebook about you know fifty percent are behind Jordan Henderson, fifty percent think he's trash, and and you know just basically can be thrown to the wayside. Those people that think that. Everyone has the odd game off. I'm sure that Jordan Henderson has more than enough games where he's played poorly that we can point to. But then again, so have other great players. Yeah. I mean, Eden Hazard has had has had stretches where he struggled, and he's considered one of the greatest players in the world right now. So, uh, same thing with uh, uh, there were some stretches at, at Chelsea where Kevin De Bruyne struggled early in his career. I mean, you know, th- these you know these things happen. Jordan Henderson overall, though, is the epitome of what. Jurgen Klopp looks for in a player. Lead by example. Uh, do what's best for the team. Uh, never tell the, 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 the manager no. Uh, always carry out the instructions to the fullest and give everything you can and leave it all on the pitch. That's what he does. He does that game in, game out for club and country. Yep. So for people that criticize him, they do play a little bit too much FIFA. It's a little bit too much Ronaldo and Messi and you know Gabriel Jesus and, and doing some fancy tricks or whatever. No, mm-hmm. Jordan Henderson's not going to do any of that. He's not going to make football look flashy <clears throat> or look sexy or look good. What he is, he's a gamer. He's a baller. He's coming to he's coming to take your lunch from you. That's what he's coming to do. He's coming to collect your lunch money. Yeah. And if you cross midfield, you know this is a guy that's going to give you everything he has. Is he better than every player he faces? No, he's not. But he's yeah. going to damn sure try. And, you know, more times than off, more times than not, this is what people don't give him credit for. More times than not, Jordan Henderson is a success. But people point out too many times the times where he fail and they multiply that times a million and they overlook the times that he succeeds, which then gets basically divided by I don't know how many fractions or numbers, whatever. So they minimize that. 
And it's almost yeah. like people are rooting against him, and, and they want Fabinho to come in and be this all-star, this Brazilian wonder kid that's going to come in from Monaco. He's younger than Hendo. He's, he, he played for you know Monaco. He, they, they play up-tempo style of football, so he's going to come in and, like you said, uh, Shakiri fished like a fish in water. Well, it hasn't happened that way. It's going to take more, just as you said, for, you know, Fabinho's coming from League On. That's a little bit of a difference than Premier League. Shakiri's played in the Premier League for the last three years. He knows what it's like. Plus, he was on suicide watch at Stoke, so you know he's happy at Liverpool. Suicide you know watch. that he's you know you know that he's he's gonna come in and he is he is he is so happy right now to be out of that shit storm at Stoke and, and, and playing for a, a Champions League. Uh, contender, uh, Premier League contender, FA Cup contender, whatever have you. Yeah. Shakiri is is going to be a joy to watch this season because he is he happy is. for the My first God, time no. in years. He's Man. happy. Uh, Fabinho's got an uphill battle, and you know I think Jordan Henderson, at least for this season, he he one hundred percent holds on to that spot. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I've, I've said it several, several times. Uh, tweeted about it several times, retweeted it, my own tweet several times, and I've said that, you know, mark my words, Jada Shakiri is going to stun a lot of people. He's going to be a critical player for us this season. And I'm going to regale you with the, with the Shakiri uh, story uh, maybe towards, towards the end of this first half of the podcast. But let's move on. Uh, Kaita, of course, is a special player, very comfortable. Um, you know, the, all the players, I think they probably just look like they're preserving themselves for the weekend, you know, not really going all out. But here, even in this game, um, you know, easy win. Um, uh, and he's seemed to be developing this understanding with our, with our front three players as well. So all the all the the, the positives I can say about Kaita, uh, I can I think has already been said. So I'm just going to move on. But I'm going to talk about Ginny Wijnaldum. Ginny mm-hmm. Wijnaldum, okay. So um, Ginny Ginny said, you know, um, he wants to focus on scoring more goals um, uh, uh, this season, uh, and he's two for two now. Two for two. He's got two goals uh, in preseason, um, and it's giving um, Klopp uh, and maybe a midfield choice headache. Could it be? Um, I I was maybe a critic. I was actually a critic of of Ginny uh, of last season. He had some good games, and I can I can see I can see the contributions that he makes to the team. My my, my main beef with him um, was that he's not consistent. He's not consistent enough, and he tends to disappear at the most important crucial moments when you need guy like him to step up agreed yep. yeah um but he, you know he seems to be doing it in preseason. he said in post-match interviews for this game that he wants to score more goals now two for two uh and now even in this sec- in this goal that he scored in this game against torino you see something that he's been actually trying to do more regularly is that he makes the risk runs you know he he, he runs he runs and he just he takes the risk and he runs for it to make to just to you know maybe hopefully that the ball comes to him you know, uh, 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 in, in, in a dangerous area and he fires at home and, and, and which he did against Torino. So he's doing, he's doing that. Um, but I think it's also partially driven, this, I mean, this uptick in performance is obviously partially driven by competition. So he's being pushed um, to actually, you know, show uh, a higher standard of himself. How impressed have you been with Ginny then? Um. You know, considering this preseason, uh, I'll take everything with sort of a grain of salt. But so far, you know, mm-hmm. um, I've been impressed with him. I, I, do you know by chance how many away goals Wijnaldum has scored in a Liverpool shirt in the league? No, tell me. Yeah, zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 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 
He scored. They had a, a little celebration. I don't know if you remember. I think it was the Roma away game in the Champions League last season. I believe that was the one where he scored his first away goal in a Liverpool shirt ever. Uh, that was what? Two, two. How long has he been there? Uh, this is third. That was his third season last year, I believe. Uh, so well, we signed him in 2016. So he he's actually played 50 times. Okay. For us, yeah. So so 16, 17, 17, 18. So th- so in two years, it took him almost the entire two years to score one away goal. He still has not scored a league away goal for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. So his 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 I I understand completely his mentality of wanting to score more goals because that's an absolute necessity for him to keep his position. And that's not just with the Ox- Oxlade Chamberlain injury because there's still people nipping at his heels, even with Ox on the bench and a uh, Fakir uh, transfer having fallen through. Midfield is still crowded. We talked about this last week. There's still a lot of big names that Liverpool has and can use in, in, in various situations. And if Wijnaldum is not performing, then uh, you know Klopp's a guy – uh, you know, if if you fall out of his good graces, he'll quickly replace you. Uh, so it's crucial that that Wijnaldum not, as you said, disappear because that's a, that's another thing that you hit exactly the nail on the head. He disappears at sometimes what would be considered a crucial time of the match. Plays seventy minutes very strong. The last twenty minutes he might disappear, and that's when you need him the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so far, I've been impressed. Uh, like the goal scoring. Uh, he's he's scored some goals away from Anfield, which is which is good. Yep. And or he scored one one goal away from Anfield. Um, yeah. So, you know that's uh, that's that's promising. Uh, but again, I, all these things that we're seeing, you know, Keita being the man of the match against Napoli in that five nil thrashing. Yeah. Need to see all of this translate when it actually matters and actually counts when you're playing for three points. Yeah. So, again. All this is promising. All of it looks really good right now, especially yep. on paper. When you look at the results, yep. Liverpool in their last two matches have outscored their opponents 8-1. to one. Yep. Uh, It's fantastic. Uh, they'd be Serie A champions if they played down there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Genie has – there were times last year, I don't, I don't know how you felt, but I, I, I felt like, you know, if we sell this guy in the, in, in, in the summer, I'm, I, it's not going to break my heart. You know, because because yeah, you know he too, yeah. he looked average sometimes last year, really really average, and then other times, just Genie's the kind of player though that just when you think that you're ready to sell him, he has some you know um, yeah. one goal one assist masterclass mm-hmm. at Anfield, and and you think oh, well there he is. you know there's there's the old Genie mm-hmm, you know coming mm-hmm. back to 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 impress you. So you need to see a lot more of that as you said yeah, consistency. Yeah. He just he has to be a more consistent yeah. player if he's going to make a huge impact this season. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's talk about two more players and then we'll, we'll wrap up this first half, okay? Now, mm-hmm. um, we talked about Fabinho and, uh, you know, if Fabinho looks to be struggling with the pace and the physical physicality uh, of Liverpool's playing style, um, there's one guy, lo and behold, who doesn't seem to be struggling at all. In fact, he's looked fitter um, and more hungry um, than at any time other than the the than the um, unicorn 2013 season um, that we've ever seen him. And his name is Daniel Sturridge, okay, and he's taken his preseason tally to six goals. Six uh, goals. That brings a smile to my face. Okay, so yeah. uh, <laughs> wow, that's all I can say. Wow, 
Now, uh, I have, a, however, I'm going to add caution to this to the wind. Now, um, and this is got nothing to do with his injuries because you know, okay, fine, and I'm not going to talk about injury being just the corner away, blah blah blah. Fine, that's all story, right? What I want to say here is this, okay? Do you foresee Klopp thinking to himself that okay, Daniel Sturridge is going to start X number of games, he's going to be my starter? No, right? You're going to think that okay, he's going to think of him as an option from the bench, right? Or wrong? Mm. In most instances, in most instances. Yeah, as I said last week, I believe that the scenario where where Sturridge gets the start over Firmino is deep in the season when Liverpool's in the knockout stages of the Champions League, so anywhere from the round of 16 upward. If Liverpool have a Tuesday match against a Barcelona or Real Madrid or yeah. Bayern Munich, someone like that, because after the round of 16... That's when it really gets. That's when it really gets difficult. No one you face at that point is a cupcake. They're all going to be tough teams. Yeah. If you have a a home match that week against Newcastle, you have a home match that week against Brighton. Yeah. You have a home match that week against Fulham. Yeah. That's when you start Daniel Sturridge. You give Firmino the, the rest. You have to have if you, if this guy's scoring scoring six goals okay. in nine preseason matches, you have to have the confidence that if he's fit, if he's not injured, if he's fit. That he can go out there and you know bang a couple of goals in against a Fulham or against a Cardiff City or someone like that, uh, even if it's a one nil narrow Liverpool win, yep. Sturridge can be a difference maker in a game where you desperately need to rest your yeah. your 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 the, the best eleven players you have on your squad as much as you can because you have something uh, of, of great importance coming up later on. What is that? Uh, if they play on a Saturday, yeah, that's two days later they play a Champions League match. If yeah. they play a Sunday, it's it's you know. What what? Oh, excuse me. If it's Saturday, they play three days later. If it's Sunday, they play two days later. There's a quick turnaround. So Firmino can't start all those matches. That, yeah. that that's impossible. Yeah. So you either have to make one decision. Firmino plays against Fulham, and Sturridge plays against uh, you know whoever the opponent is, or vice versa. And I think that the the, the more logical decision is that's where Sturridge is going to get his starts. Up until that point, though, if we're talking about the first half of the season, that's where I think you'll see. Sturridge be the super sub. He will be one of the biggest name super subs in Europe, and he can be one of the biggest impact super subs in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so everything that you just said, I completely agree. So now my question here is, if uh, um, you know Klopp convinces Sturridge that, okay, this is what I need you to be doing. You're going to be fulfilling this role from the bench, uh, and yep. I need you to, I need you to, I need to use you in these uh, situations. Okay. The question here is. Do you think Sturridge, when he doesn't play, will lose motivation? Uh, right no, now he's playing. I, I, I right now he's think, playing. So. I don't think he will. I really don't. I really don't. I really don't. And for one reason in particular, it's because I think he has a clear understanding of his role. I think he understands that based on his fitness over the past three seasons, it's not. It's not out of. Uh, how should I say, he should have an understanding of why Klopp isn't 100% mm-hmm. fully all in on him being 50-50 splits with Firmino up front. Mm-hmm. It's it's understandable that Klopp has his reservations because we have seen Sturridge perform at a high level before mm-hmm. and then get injured the next match or injured two weeks later. Yep. Uh, Klopp knows, every, the whole world knows what Sturridge is capable of when he's fit, and we're seeing it again right now. We're all witnessing it. And we also know that that can end in the blink of an eye, unfortunately. So 
I think Daniel Sturridge, based on his injury history, the time that he's missed, and the ascension that Firmino has made from occasional starter to every match day starter, he understands that you know Firmino didn't get there because only because Sturridge was injured. Firmino got there because Firmino became a better player every single season under Klopp, and now he is an elite player, world-class player, and one of the best number nines in the world. Yeah. So I don't think that Sturridge thinks anymore that he's better than Firmino. I think he knows that he could be a starter for a lot of Premier League sides. Yeah. He could start for, for Watford. He could start for West Ham. Mm-hmm. He could start for a lot. But if you want to play in the top six, that's six of the probably six of the best center forwards in the world that are playing for those top six clubs in England. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for Sturridge, I don't know that he's better than those six, and that would include Bobby Firmino. Right. So I think he knows his role. I think Klopp has mapped it out for him and said, look, Danny, you have been absolutely phenomenal. You are going to be a part of this team. You're going to play Champions League football this season. Mm-hmm. You are going to be a pivotal uh, reserve player coming in in the 70th minute, 65th minute, mm-hmm. 75th minute, whatever have you. And you're going to need to bang in goals when we need it the most. Say 2-2 game against Manchester United, mm-hmm. uh, Sturge comes in in the 75th minute, bangs a goal in in the 89th yeah. because he's fit, because he has fresh legs. I think that Sturge accepts that role, and I think he believes he can thrive in that role. And, hey, you know what? If he scores a goal like that, he's still going to get the headlines in the newspaper. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and and, 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 and the thing is, w- w- when you talk about he, – he, I know one of his motivations is to be called back up to the English – you know, for, for um, Southgate to call him back up into England. Well, besides Kane and Vardy, who else do they have? Mm. I mean, if Sturge, if Sturge scores – Ten goals this season from the bench. You can you can you can better believe that for European qualifying, that Sturridge will get a look from Southgate if he if he has a season like that. Especially if he scores ten goals in the league and maybe two or three in the Champions League. Yeah, he, he he can still be a, a a very important player, but he knows now I think and accepts the role that that he has with Liverpool. If he doesn't like it, he can request a transfer and he can you know absolutely be the starting number nine for you know Burnley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, wow, having ha- having Sturridge in this kind of form um, and conditioning, um, it's, <laughs> no one's going to say no, really. No, absolutely not. That's why he's so. still with the squad. He was one of the first players that everyone said 100% he is going to be sold. Mm. He is gone. You have seen him play his last match at Anfield in the, what was it, last December or whenever yeah. it was before the West Brom loan. It was yeah. a done deal. He was gone. Yeah. And then he comes and, and, and impresses like this. It takes a lot. You know, it takes a lot for Jurgen Klopp to change his mind on you like that. Because I believe Jurgen Klopp himself thought this guy's attitude is, is he's got this entitlement thing, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I, I, it also helps that, that Ings is, is an injury mess and that Origi and Solanke did nothing to take the position away from Sturridge. I mean, and, and Liverpool they need a reserve for Firmino. There's no, there's no doubt about that. But um, just the way he's played is, is, is just he's, he's left no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then um, two more guys we want to talk about. We're going to talk about Bobby Firmino, who was running the mm-hmm. show again last night. Um, again, another guy who just came back uh, barely, well, a little bit longer than, say, Jordan Henderson. But he's back and he scored the opening goal. Um, and, um, you know, what else can you say? I mean, it's one of my yeah, favorite right. plays. Um, 
Liverpool isn't Liverpool without Bowie Firmino, you know. <laughs> and all of them, all of, all three of the our, of our, our fearsome trio have scored. Mane has scored, Salah has scored, Bobby has scored. So all of them are on target. And that's and that's and that's the point is when those three weren't on target, Liverpool had nil nil draws last season against you know Stoke and against West Brom, or they lost to West Brom, I believe, in one of the cup competitions. Yeah. If Sturridge can be the lightning bolt that yes. he's been, now you have to worry about far more than just the front three, as well as Shakiri. Yes. Klopp has Klopp has not three scoring options now, but he has four or five or six scoring options off of the, off of the uh, basically. Yeah. Uh, you 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 sent uh, between personal conversation between you and I was it last week? You sent a, a kind of a a mock. Uh, starting 11 of the first unit and starting 11 of the second mm. unit. And we were talking about that the second unit could probably finish right outside the top six in the Premier mm. League by themselves. That's yeah, how good yeah. the second unit is. That's right, yeah. That, that's, that, that's something Liverpool hasn't had in a long time. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I think, you know, also, you know, injuries aside, all things are looking up. And, and it, if the front three are scoring – and the players that back them up are scoring. That is a, a a dangerous, dangerous thing for the rest of the league to worry about. It is, it is. I mean, of course, then, of course, hopefully, Ginny uh, uh, keeps up his scoring as well. Shakiri has scored. Kaita has scored? I think early yeah. in the preseason, he's got one goal, is it? I think he's got a, one goal. I think he scored one goal. He's assisted some. Uh, as I said, he was the man of the match. He was the highest rated player against Napoli. Again, it's preseason. People take that with a grain of salt, but I do believe that that does, you know, it counts for something. I mean, yeah. he, he was utterly impressive against yeah. Napoli. I yeah, mean, I, he was all over the place, distributing. Yeah. His passing was on point. Yeah, he's, he's, he's talk, talking about a, a player that has gotten better every single time we've seen him. He looks like he belongs in a red shirt. I mean, just has fit like a glove. Absolutely, absolutely, and and I and I fully expect him to score um, uh, more goals uh, when I you know when the season starts proper. Um, Adam Lalana is back. Um, yeah, like the I Terminator. Yeah, he's back. I don't know how long that's going to be though. <laughs> he's probably had a, enough uh, like what is it parts replaced like the Terminator. They've had to like replace his leg and his arm. He's been injured so many damn times that you don't know what's going. On. <laughs> and then, you know, when he gets pissed off, he'll just beat up a kid in a U23 game. <laughs> so, that's, that's the highlight of the 2017-18 season for me as far as that pertains to Adam Milana is him getting a red card for beating the shit out of a kid <laughs> in a Liverpool U23 match. <laughs> hey, sh- um, that was a sweet um, lob or pass, you can call it lob pass, pass lob to Sturridge for, the, for his goal by Shakiri. This guy is yes. just so, yes. oh my God, he's such sweet vision and he's so perfectly weighted passes and lobs and what, what, what do you call it? I mean, my God, he's just so good, Shakiri. Okay, now, it's, it's quite a funny thing, as I, as I said earlier, I'm going to tell you, regale you this funny story. Uh, Gary Neville uh, lost a penalty shootout bet with Jamie Carragher and must now wear a Liverpool shirt with Shakiri 23 on the back as a result. <laughs> Nice. That's very funny. <laughs> so, so they basically had a had a spot kick uh, competition, and and um, uh, 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 Gary ne- uh, Neville said, you know, what's the bet? By the way, because there's got to be something to this. So the bet was that you know if either one was to lose, they would wear the you know the other one's uh, team's shirt. So if Kara was to lose, he would wear a, a United shirt, 
And if Neville was to lose, he would lose, he would wear a Liverpool shirt. So, Kara uh, actually saved Neville's um, shot, uh, and then Kara scored his penalty against uh, Gary. Um, and you know they're sending him the wrong way. Uh, and then Kara uh, turned to the camera and said, "That's a Liverpool shirt. I'll buy it." Okay. Uh, at first he said, "Okay, is it going to be number twenty-three, Carragher?" You know. Uh, then he said, "No, I will tell you what. We'll get twenty-three Shakiri on the back." <laughs> and he says, "He hates Shakiri, <laughs> doesn't he? You've been very nasty about Shakiri." And Neville said, "I like Shakiri. I just didn't like his comments against Stoke, but I like him." Blah blah blah. You know, he's always trying to backtrack something, right? Uh, he, if you if you remember, he uh, uh, Gary actually called Shakiri unprofessional. Uh, and we'll say he wasn't really a fan of the winger during the World Cup. So now he has to wear his shirt. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm not going to hide from the fact that I was critical of him as well. But I know what he's capable of when he has the, the talent around him. And now we're seeing it. You know, as I said, I, I, don't, I don't fault someone for, you know, try to empathize with someone and put yourself in their shoes. You're 26 years old. You're fucking stoke. Okay? That is not... Uh, <laughs> That's not the ideal situation for someone in his prime, in the prime of his career. You, you know, this is a guy who came from Bayern Munich and Inter Milan. These mm-hmm. are two teams in the last decade have won trebles, both of them. This is this, this is Italian and, and German royalty, mm-hmm. and now you're playing for fucking Stoke. So you know, I can understand to a certain point he's probably frustrated. His career's gone backwards. It's not where he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But when he's around other talented players, as you said, the lob to Sturridge for the goal, you're going to see a different player because he's happy, his mentality's changed, and Jurgen Klopp's going to get the absolute best he can out of this player. And that's why I, I've reversed what I, re- I have reversed and, and changed my opinion on him uh, and, and will continue to do so because I believe that for every player that has the mentality that was was being said about him at Stoke, you, you know. Consider the situation that that player's in. What what what's what is there to wake up to in Stoke and be happy about? Especially mm. when you're fighting relegation week in week out. You're getting you know beat up by by almost every team in the league. Well, Liverpool's basically if Stoke is the moon, Liverpool's the sun. Mm-hmm. So a lot to be happy about. A lot to look forward to. He has a role already carved out for him on this team. He's probably going to be the first player off the bench to either come in on for Mane or Salah. So he's mm-hmm. going to get plenty of opportunities, plenty of uh, – and, and by the way, his situation is the same as Sturridge with Firmino. Should Mane or Salah get injured or one of them needs a rest before a big big match day on a Champions League mm-hmm. Tuesday or Wednesday night, Shakiri is going to fill in comfortably and play well for either one of them mm-hmm. on a weekend Saturday or Sunday match. And, and that's something Klopp has not had before he has not been able to rely on someone to come in and almost virtually have very little very little drop off from Salah Mane as far as it pertains to quality and you know what they can do on the pitch for the team what they can provide so um yeah it's 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 a it's it's a great signing it was the 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 money they paid for him it's again Liverpool is dominating the transfer market right now yeah, people can say we got the most expensive defender of all time, and we got the most expensive goalkeeper of all time. But if you take into account what we would have had to pay for Robertson after last season, now and Shakiri, what he's doing now, if, you know, we, we, this, we'll, we'll see what he does in 2018-19. But he could be 
a 30 million or 35 million pound rated player after this season if he goes and bangs in you know eight nine goals for Liverpool off the bench mm-hmm. put some put some uh, some good performances in in the Champions League maybe uh, starts a cup game or two and and scores there or assists there I mean mm-hmm. the, the guy's a Swiss international he's he's played in two World Cups he's made it to the uh, I believe Switzerland I know in 2014 I have to remind myself i think they made it to the knockout stage i know this year mm-hmm. they did they finished second in the group to brazil yep. uh so they <clears throat> you know he's not a bad player it's just i think that we need to i i for one need to cut him a little bit of slack because you have to consider if, if you're going to have the attitude you have consider yourself to be in the player's shoes obviously it's it was a bad situation last season at stoke and as I said, this is a guy who's 26. He's in the prime of his career. He played at Bayern Munich. He was he was a part of, of a Bayern Munich Pep Guardiola Bayern Munich side that was was fucking Champions League every season, semifinals, finals. Uh, they won the treble in 2013, mm-hmm. and now he's at Stoke. Uh, that's yeah. Uh, <laughs> see how happy you'd be if that happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow. Um, we have so many more things to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, the preview for the. Premier League. Premier League. We got to talk about Manchester. Top six. I know, but we've just run out of time. We were like one hour, and I told myself I'm not going to exceed more than one hour. So I'm I'm going to end the show now. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to review, keep the show to, to the to the to the Torino review, and probably make another show with the, with the review. But okay, let me get your thoughts then on um, uh, top six quickly for for next season. Um, yeah. So the top six uh, and. This is this is kind of funny. So uh, Tottenham hasn't really done much in the transfer market. Mm. I know they're going to start their opening new stadium in September. They will play in Wembley until that time. This is make or break for them, I believe. You know, they 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 retain the services of Dele. They retain the services of Kane. They really they didn't have many departures. So it's essentially mm-hmm. the same team really as it was. The season before, obviously, Christian Eriksen's going to play a huge role again, Danny Rose. Um, but they didn't strengthen themselves at all. So how how does uh, how does that bode for Tottenham, you know, with um, – they're the most interesting team to me to watch out for because they've literally done almost nothing in the transfer market. Yeah. So they were a good side, um, finished third last season, barely – uh, of course, you know, good, good many points behind City as everyone was, mm-hmm. but they don't. I don't think they, if without strengthening themselves significantly, I don't know if they have the squad depth to really. And maybe you know, maybe this last season was was what many said was the first time they've actually taken the Champions League seriously, mm-hmm. and they advanced. They actually won the group over Real Madrid, mm-hmm. and then they laid a complete shit in at home at the Wembley against Juventus to get knocked out of the uh, of, of the competition. So yeah. I see that as no no better case for them this season. I think Tottenham stays in the top six this year. I don't know if they remain in the top four. It's got to be said that there's going to be some tired legs and there's going to be some fatigue set in towards the end of the season, you know, February, March, April, um, depending on how far they get in these various competitions, FA Cup, Champions League, and such forth. But mm. I would say in Europe, they probably have... I, I could see Tottenham finishing as one of the third-place teams in the Champions League. That drops them down into the Europa League. Mm-hmm. So they will remain in Europe, but then I could see them quickly getting out of that because at that point, you have to focus on the league depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. I uh, I see them as probably a fourth or fifth-place team. The team that I'm... I guess I think we'll come back into the top four this season will be Chelsea. 
I think that uh, Sari has um, he's going to bring his his fun style his fun style of football that he comes uh, brings with him from Napoli into uh, uh, you know the Stanford Bridge. So they're a team to look out for. They're not a title contender, but I think that they have an absolute shot to get back in the top four and finish uh, in a Champions League spot. Uh, obviously, they have you know they retain the services of Eden Hazard. That was the one that a lot of people thought may exit to go to Real Madrid. Has been rumored now for two seasons, but they were they were able to to hold on to him. Obviously, they have um, an immense talent in that team. There's obviously some rumors about uh, Morata going to Borussia Dortmund. That didn't happen. So they they were they were rumored to lose some big players. They they kept them. Uh, Michi Bachwai was another one that. Uh, and as you said, the transfer window players can still move out of England. Dortmund is now considering again possibly a loan for Bachwai. Uh, since they did not replace him, they've had three months and they've basically done nothing at the center forward position in the transfer market. So uh, I don't know that Chelsea will sell him, but they could be open again for a loan for Bachwai. This uh, this this rumor came up, I think two days ago, that Dortmund were were strongly considering that if they don't see anything within the next, I guess, week or so, before, you know, because their season starts. Um, in uh, I think it's next weekend, I believe. So they need to make a move pretty quickly. Uh, as far as everything, Arsenal, I see them again sixth place, largely the same team. You got Aubameyang, uh, Lacazette, Ozil, Aaron Ramsey. They the, the the most interesting part about them is Unai Emery. So they have a new manager first time. Uh, the last time that they did not, the last time they had a a, a match without. Arsene Wenger, Tupac Shakur was still alive. So <laughs> think about that for a second. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. So this is that's the most interesting thing about Arsenal is new manager. He comes in, three consecutive Europa League wins with Sevilla, goes to PSG, wins the title there, underachieves, massively underachieves in the Champions League, uh, gets handed – you know, handed out, thrown out pretty easily by Real Madrid in the round of 16. So, <clears throat> takes a job at Arsenal. And I think that's more than a one-year rebuilding job. I think that they they have a lot of, they just, they, they have a lot of improving to do. I think they have some really good center forwards. I think uh, Aubameyang can play as a wing uh, opposite of, you know, uh, or or next to Lacazette up front, that that's a pretty that's a pretty formidable scoring duo. Mm-hmm. However, there's just so many gaps in midfield and in the back four that there. You know, I don't I don't see much I don't see much improvement for them to be quite honest with you. And that brings me, I guess you're 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 okay. Your let's let's do, let's do this. Let's yeah. Um, okay, uh, in order of sequence, um, uh, one to four, go. Yeah, order of sequence, one to four. Liverpool wins the Premier League title. City finishes as runners-up. Um, Manchester United finishes in third. And I see Chelsea finishing in fourth. Oh, okay. That that was unexpected. Yeah. unexpected. So you oh, so you think, think Spurs are going to drop out of that? Yeah, I think okay. I think they haven't they haven't done anything. They they haven't strengthened their squad at all. Granted, they haven't gotten any much weaker, but they. Uh, Think, you know, Liverpool, Manchester United, the, the City, they're, they're signing players. They're, you know, they're getting better. I, I, I don't – now that City really needs to get better. City did all their business last year. But Spurs were the – they barely were third place last season. They got knocked out of the Champions League fairly early, you know, round of 16. 
and they could they, all they had to do is focus on the league from February on, and they still only managed to squeak by Liverpool by the smallest of margins. Hmm. I, 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 I don't have a lot of guys. Chelsea got stronger. Uh, United, I don't know if they got stronger, but I still think on paper they're better than Spurs. Liverpool got stronger, and City is City. So if you look at that logically, it sounds like Spurs are around fifth place. I well, I was gonna say that the top four team, the teams that are gonna be in the top four for next season, um, are gonna be the same: City, United, Spurs, uh, and then us. But it's just the the, the order. Um, yeah. Uh, so it, it, I think for the title, I think it's going to be really between us and City. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, the vast majority of people will say City will will romp to it again, but maybe not with a record uh, points tally, much closer this time. Um, of course, for me, my perspective, um, you know, Liverpool, especially after after what you know the kind of players that they've that we've bought, um, I think we stand a very very good chance. So I'm going to again once again say yeah, Liverpool to finish ahead of City, but it's going to be very very close that one. Going to be very very close. Um, United are going to finish below below us. So I think it's going to be this toss up between who finishes above. Who United and Spurs. Now, having said that, though, then um, then over the day past day, I've read that Kovacic has has signed a loan deal with Chelsea. Uh, yeah, that's being rumored. I know it was down to Kovacic. between him and Inter because he's, he's he's played at Inter before, so he's familiar with them, and he yeah. was considering uh, basically between those two. I if you I had not seen that he had. That anything was locked solid with Chelsea with him, but but um, I know that it came it was coming down to between Inter and, and Chelsea as far as who would get his services for next season. Yeah, so that's so that's confirmed now. That's confirmed. Um, I'm not sure if it's confirmed. I keep reading different sources, but it seems that there's a loan uh, with an option to buy. Um, but that's oh, shit. Then, he's that, a good player. He's a good player. That's a pretty strong midfield, you know. You've got Jorginho, yeah, you've got Kante, and then you've got Kovacic. So that's a that's yeah. a fucking strong midfield, okay. Um, okay, this is why I'm there. saying Chelsea will finish ahead of Spurs for for moves like that. And Sari is a, a hell of a manager. He he did a lot with uh, he he had some extreme squad restrictions with Napoli and look what he did and say, almost took the title from Juventus last season. I'm telling you, that guy's an underrated manager. He can he can make uh, uh, sugar out of shit really really quickly. So so and of course people are just happy that you know it's no longer uh, Conti uh, manager. So you know William obviously is very very happy that that's the case. Um, but but they seem to have some issues with goalkeepers. A uh, Courtois story it's still ongoing. Um, okay, so that was it. Chelsea? Chelsea was Chelsea the ones maybe that were talking about Mignolet and the panic move. No 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 no. Matt Law from the Daily Telegraph. Um, broke a story saying that Chelsea have agreed to pay a world record seventy-one million pounds to sign yep. Kepa Ariza Balaga from Athletic Bilbao. Ooh, he's a he's, he's a Kepa. <laughs> well, that, that's, he, that's good for Allison because then the pressure's off. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a Kepa for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Seventy-one million pounds for. This guy is, I'm finding difficult to pronounce his name, Ariza Balaga. Does anyone know about this guy? Um, 71 I, I actually, I, 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 now that you mentioned that, I did read that. I, I think I read that in one of my uh, 
when I logged onto uh, the computer earlier today, it came up in my Google feed, and I think I did. I but I just almost, you know, Chelsea News. I, I I glanced over it, but yeah, now that you mentioned that, it does. I know that that Mignolet was rumored to either Napoli or Chelsea as a panic buy. They specifically said in the headline, "Panic buy." Uh, and I want to say it was because Liverpool drilled them 5-0 and they thought they needed a new, <laughs> a new goalkeeper. But I would tell them, don't worry, guys. It's just Liverpool. Don't, it, we just do that to everybody. So you don't need to go buy another goalkeeper. To, you don't, and you're not going to have to play us in, in the league. So you don't have to worry about it. Don't, 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 don't. But then again, we do need to sell Mignolet so that we can, <laughs> we can get some money. for. We don't need three goalkeepers sitting there. But Chelsea – yeah, they're they might do some business here before the window closes. So again, yeah. this is Abramovich. This is not a guy. He's this is a friend of Putin, and he does not like to lose. So you know that that he's he's gonna he's gonna he doesn't ever have any problem spending money when you know it comes down to winning. So I would be shocked if he didn't you know if he didn't pull off a goaltender you know because. What is the situation? Uh, Courtois right now is kind of sitting out. He's he's, he's kind of pouting. Um, he's he's AWOL. He's AWOL. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's AWOL. So that that's not good. And he um, he wants to move to Real Madrid, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I you know, it, this is this is isn't this the uh, Coutinho and Dembele situation all over again, right? Yeah, basically. Basically. So, you know, Dortmund sold Dembele for a massive amount of money. Coutinho obviously followed suit. Uh, I don't know what um, I don't know what options Chelsea has here. I mean, if a player is not going to play, you can sit there and, you know, you can pay him his wages and he can rot on the bench, I guess. Uh, or you can sell him to Real Madrid. And, and Pathetic. You know, I mean. 71 million, though, for a goalkeeper from uh, Athletic Bilbao and the no, I mean, La Liga. In so, many, in so many ways, it's pathetic. Courtois doing, going AWOL, trying to force his 35 yeah, yeah, million. Absolutely. That, that's, absolutely. That's pathetic. It's, it's, a, it's a shit move. Very pathetic. And then 71 million pounds for Kepa. Now, obviously, Kepa is very highly rated by Zidane. In fact, Zidane nearly bought him. Uh, but when he was last available, uh, Zidane wasn't looking for a goalkeeper, so he passed on passed on him, and okay. he, did, he said that he didn't regret sign, not signing him. Uh, but then seven months down the line, when when Zidane made the decision, then uh, Kepa's value then quadrupled, according to this report in the in, in the Telegraph. Um, <laughs> right. and, so basically, Zidane's interest causes his his value to so, so, to, to go up. So so you know, having been deemed one unworthy of eighteen million pounds by Zidane. Chelsea will now this week make him the most expensive goalkeeper in in history, but that makes sense. Okay, firstly because firstly because um, Kepa actually signed a new contract uh, at Bilbao in um, uh, January. Okay, so that that increased his increased his value. Uh, secondly, he's considered to be one of the most promising goalkeepers in uh, Spanish competitions. Okay, and the third most important reason, okay, the most important reason why Kepa is worth seventy-one million pounds is because Kepa is a great. Um, he he wins bird competitions. He wins what? Bird competitions. He's a bird lover. So oh, a bird lover. Yeah, okay. he's a bird lover. Yeah, so he he would hunt for goldfinches and train them to sing. So he's won actually two competitions in twenty oh eight and twenty ten, um, and he's got um, uh, three birds. Called Oka, Rocky, and Raikkonen. <laughs> Seventy-one million pounds. Yeah, easy. That's easy. 
Gee. So, so you, but you don't see, you seem, you seem fairly convinced that uh, Chelsea, with or without this, the bird watcher, um, <laughs> that, <laughs> you seem fairly convinced that they're going to finish uh, in a Europa League spot again, and I, I, I don't, see, they, they remember they, they didn't fall off until the very end last season, and that's when a lot of there was a lot of dissent, dissent in the dissension in the ranks. With Conte, the players, if if I think Sarri is going to bring a lot of um, morale back into the club, I think the the players will will kind of rally around him. I think they'll play for him. I think that they will like his brand, his style of football. He's not going to play that three five two that you know ultimately won Conte the league in twenty sixteen seventeen. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, as I said, he, Sarri is is kind of a jolly fellow, a jolly mm-hmm. chap. So he's going to bring a lot more personality and flavor back into Chelsea. I, that's honestly, that's the reason I, I, I see them. Again, they're not title contenders, but I don't think they're going to finish out of the top four again. But mm-hmm. I'm just wondering why you, why do you rate Spurs so highly? Uh, keeping the squad together mostly. Um, that, but this is assuming that uh, they don't sell Alderweireld uh, to United. No one wants to play for United. Um, they, they tried, um, Mourinho has tried to target Boateng. Boateng has actually told Mourinho that he doesn't want to play for them. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's a bad situation for them and, and I'm rejoicing in that fact. Um, so if they can keep the, the team relatively together, um, I think that's, that's okay. I think that's okay um, to keep them the relatively um, good squad. So, but... It's, it's going to keep slipping down. They're going to keep slipping down. Uh, they probably get knocked out in the Champions League again. That's going to free up um, resources and time to recover and all these kinds of stuff. Um, so I think that's still going to just keep them, edge them just in that top four. That's, that's uh, my question. So Ch- Chelsea is in an interesting position because they're going to start the season <clears throat> off in the Europa League. So they are not going to have near the... the, 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 the the level of competition that Spurs will have or Liverpool or City or United being Champions League. So whether or not, they're, they're, yes, they're going to be playing in Europe, but they're going to be playing against teams like Slavia Prague or, you know, some Portuguese fifth place team like Rio Avenue or uh, Braga or, you know, so, like uh, uh, Bayer Leverkusen, someone like that. So, you know, Chelsea can can focus on the league starting in September when the Champions League starts and Europa League play starts. They 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 don't need to put their best eleven out there on a Thursday night against uh, you know a, a, the the fifth place team from League Uh. They, they you know that and whereas Tottenham might get drawn into a group again with like Dortmund or Real Madrid and you know if they take the competition seriously they will have to put you know, their best 11 out there to advance, just like they did last mm-hmm. season. So that's where another thing I think that it, it, Chelsea got a lead on Liverpool and Spurs last year, and because of the uh, disharmony within the squad, mm-hmm. they started to squander that lead. If you remember, for the longest time, the top three were City, United, and Chelsea. It mm-hmm. took Liverpool and Spurs quite a while before they, they were able to cut the lead from Chelsea week after week, three points at a time, down to where they both overtook them. And then when they overtook them, they, you know, they finally... And again, 
Liverpool didn't blow Chelsea away. It did come down to the final match day. Chelsea still mathematically had a shot to secure fourth place, and Liverpool finished in fifth. Uh, so it, it, we're forgetting, even with all that disharmony, they still finished fifth, and it was a close fifth to Liverpool. So, um, And Liverpool was a close fourth to Spurs, so they were all bunched together right there. Mm-hmm. I just, with Spurs bringing back essentially the same team, and everyone kind of knows what they're going to do, uh, it, Chelsea gets a new manager. He's going to play much, much more up-tempo, fun-style brand of football. He's going to reinvigorate the squad, bring some positive vibes in, and they've strengthened themselves. Uh, they brought in uh, Jorginho from Napoli. He follows Sarri to Chelsea, and you know they, they, they obviously have, as I said, Morata. They have Eden Hazard. The, 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 this is this is uh, and, and you name the most important player, Ingolo Kante, who's one of the best uh, defensive mids in, in the entire world, as he just proved in the World Cup. So, yeah. I, I just I, I do as much as I hate Abramovich and his his way of, of, of conducting business. I like their squad. I think they have a, a, a damn good squad. And um, yeah, I, I I if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I just I, I, I see them making. I don't see them finishing out of the top four two seasons in a row. Okay, mate, we have to end the show. Just sticking over to one hour, 20 minutes. God. Okay, right. Um, let's let's end it right here. Uh, I'm probably going to need to do another show for a pre- pre-season, proper pre-season preview. Uh, <laughs> well, we're doing, right. so... We did so, half of it, so okay. The, the, the Kings of Europe are doing yes. the Serie A preview on yep. Thursday, so that'll be in two days. Richard Carmen from Serie A Sit Down will be the guest on that show. So, yeah, we will be uh, previewing the... Uh, Italian football season coming up, and then next Thursday, uh, so that'll be August. What is that? 14, uh, August the sixteenth. We will be doing previewing the uh, German Bundesliga. So we will be uh, going through um, basically the, the the predictions for that league. So mm-hmm. yeah, we got some uh, some some league previews coming up, um, and uh, yeah, so so we, we have to have to fit in the Premier League in here somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we do indeed. Um, but yeah, it's all coming up to uh, looking like shaping up to be a very interesting Premier League season indeed. Um, hey, thanks uh, very much, mate, uh, for joining me on this show once again. It was always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, uh, do uh, check out our Kings of Europe uh, site as well, and all of our great partners. Whatever we do, we are doing together with them. Uh, thank you, listeners, for <laughs> for enduring with us on this hour, twenty minute and a bit show. Um, and um, let's hope for the best for next season. Thanks, Greedy. Hey, thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. In the summer, you are my.